As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Okay, we're on. Uh, can't beat about the bush. Uh, Fig lovers on holiday. It's half term. Uh, that also means that London's underground network is full of people taking their kiddies to see the sights. I wish they'd stay at home, Jane. I there really a, do. There are a lot of them. Oh, sorry, I haven't line. said who you are. Oh, yet. this is Jane Mulcairins, who's associate editor of the Times Magazine, a very, very good friend of the podcast and a friend of the Times Radio program too. Yes, you were saying. Thank you very much, Jane. Uh, I was on the Elizabeth line this morning from Heathrow and it was packed with foreign teenagers and British teenagers and all their, you know, their managers and caretakers. Managers, yes. (laughs) There was just, oh, it was a seething mass of youth. Was it? Yeah. Was it annoying? I mean, a little bit, but, Mm. you know, they were allowed to have their school trips. Now, you mentioned... Just not in the same carriage as me. Yeah, exactly. Have them somewhere else. You mentioned the Elizabeth Line from Heathrow. Uh, That's an international airport, uh, (laughs) well known to uh, British citizens, um, but not necessarily to everyone. That's true. I mean, it's a a global podcast, this. Well, it's not a... Well, anyway, you know what I mean. Uh, That's the other company. It's Times Radio. I meant in the sense... It goes international. It's listened to around the world. That's really what I meant. So keep that in. Um, But you have been away to New New York. Yep, I was in... Well, I started in Boston. Yeah. Uh, I was there for a few days, then I went to New York, then I went down to Washington DC and then I went back to New York. Um spent a lot of time on Amtrak and various other forms of train commute, you know, uh transport around yeah. the East Coast. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um I've never been on an American train. What what are they like? Slow. Are they? Uh, yeah, Amtrak's slow but massive. Uh and very comfortable actually. Mm. But the subway in New York, I mean, Good Lord. I mean, if anyone has complaints about the London Underground, well, they I should I go I don't really. To... I think it's marvellous. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Carol. You're yeah. that person. Mm. Um, yeah, the subway in New York is, oh, good Lord. It's fetid. Well, you're the second person in about three days to say mm. that um, it's now become properly frightening on the New York, which I think it always used to be. Yeah. Then the, it was really it was really improved, wasn't it? And New York itself was yeah. vastly improved. And now it's got really dodgy again. Yeah, so I will say I went... So I, I lived in New York for nearly 11 years from 2020, no, 2010 till 2021. And I left during COVID. I went back about six months later at the end of 2021. And New York felt like it was on its knees. It was in a bad way. Mm. It was really dirty. A lot of homelessness. I mean, more more so than usual, which is pretty high anyway. Um, people living in tents in Washington Square Park. The subway felt dingy, a bit scary. This time, I have to say, the city as a whole felt better. It felt like it bounced back a bit. But interestingly, 
lots of my friends said, mm, I wouldn't catch the subway late at night. Um, I did catch it a couple of times around midnight and I felt perfectly safe. And you know the city, so yeah. you're, it's probably a little easier for you to mm. do it. But I wouldn't do it maybe at 2am, I think. Um, but it, it's funny, I the years that I lived there, I always felt safer in New York than I did in London, actually. Um, it's, it's weird, I think if you go to the wrong neighbourhoods, you might be more likely to get shot or mugged. But I think overall, I found street crime less sort of aggressive in New York than here. Right, okay. Mm, which you wouldn't expect. But it is to do with that f- the fact that things did get cleaned up yeah, um, under yeah. Giuliani and then under Bloomberg as well. Um, and yeah, it felt, it, it, you know, it's busy. It's busy until late at night. So you don't feel like you have those moments when you're walking home on a dark street and there's no one else around. Mm, mm. Most of the time you're not. Okay. Right. Well, I'd be interested to hear what other people think about mm. um, New York and about about the subway. I must admit, I haven't... I haven't been on a London tube train very late at night since I can remember, mm. uh, so I can't really comment on the on the comparison. But there'll be people listening who do who do know, and of course outside London too, there is life. There are also uh, other other train. Uh, uh, there networks. are. No, don't, go, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, uh, I went. I did go out of London this weekend, and in fairness, I had a very positive public transport experience. Oh, where, where was this? I went to the Peak District. Oh, my yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of you. I mean, oh, I, I thought of almost I mean, nothing else. <laughs> uh, no. Same for me when I was away. Yeah, Let's I bet. See. Yes, mm. I'm sure. Yeah. No, I went to a place. It was somewhere between Leek. Congleton, Macclesfield. Oh, okay. I mean, I felt very ignorant because although I grew up not that far from there, almost because it was quite close to home, I didn't visit it. Mm. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but you're, that was the sort of Manchester side, isn't it, rather than yes, the so, Sheffield side? I yeah. mean, I'm not saying I was away with a bunch of old farts, but we did go and see a National Trust property on Sunday morning. Bidolph Grange. Oh. I highly recommend it. Have okay, you there? excellent. No, I haven't. Well, it was very interesting. And uh, it had um, a dahlia uh, display. I'm not very good on Gardens. flowers. Yeah, I'm, well, no, there was, the whole thing was a garden. Oh. Uh, but there was a, a special dahlia section. And uh, to my shame, I did not know until Sunday what dahlias actually look like. Yeah. Now am I, I know. Am I arranging my face in a way that looks like I know what a dahlia looks like? I don't. No, okay, that's actually, no. okay, I'm in good company. Yeah. I get the feeling that Fee probably would know what a dahlia looked like. And some of my, my, my friends did know, but some of the blokes didn't have a clue what a dahlia was. So. And so we, where were you staying? Well, I probably shouldn't say, but okay. um, in, a, in a sort of property that was rented for the okay. weekend. It wasn't, it's not okay. a stately home. I don't want people crowding <laughs> into the same property, just in case, it, you know, people think, well, I'd People love, going on the Garvey tour. I'd love to lay my head in the <laughs> same four post well, it wasn't a four but anyway anyway uh it was actually a school reunion and it was um lovely because um we watched the rugby on saturday night and obviously i'm not a big fan of england rugby but i just like sport so there was no way i couldn't have watched that match i only watched the second half but um it was funny to look around the room and think i could have been watching sport with the same people in 19 19- 82. Aww. That's which That's is so nice. Yeah, it is nice, isn't it? Yeah. And it, the, the men were all explaining the rules to the girls and stuff. So, because we did. It's nice they still do that, isn't they it? They still do that because we don't really know. And in and, fairness, I don't really know. if we really do know, know for one minute, we'll forget it. Well, that's the other yeah. thing. It goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm just basically <laughs> thinking about cakes and bunnies. Uh, but no, it was uh, it was lovely. And um, I I think I thought I thought England's manner of defeat was really rather cruel because nobody had if you'd given them any hope at all. And actually, they put a proper show on and then lost in the last minute. I think, at least that's my reading of it, Jane. I could be completely wrong. If there's a man out there that can explain yeah. properly, yeah, Jane of great Time Stop Radio. <laughs> there seemed to be a lot of flapping about in the mud. They got terribly dirty. Uh, anyway, uh, so that was my weekend, but not as exotic as your trip. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't feel like a holiday, I have to say, without wanting to sound really precious and like a total princess. But because I used to live there, going back involves uh, the logistics of just, it's like a tour of sort of, you know, I, I do feel like a member of the royal family. Yeah, but you're very much... Pressing the flesh up and down the East Coast. You just had to go and see people. <laughs> it's also because, I don't know when I'll next go back, I haven't been back for a couple of years, and there's okay. lots of very dear friends that I wanted to see. Um, so it was very lovely indeed, but now I'd quite like to not make any plans for several weeks. Okay. I mean, it's in, I'm incapable of doing that, but, right. you know, that's my aim. Because you, you're quite a go-getting, you're a bit of a socialite, aren't you? Yeah, like, you are. I like people. Yeah, well, Fee and I, neither of and us pubs. much <laughs> likes people. <laughs> and we, we were talking last week about, or was it the week before, about our velvet rut of shame. So, like, <laughs> like the weeknight routine of, yes, I do this, I watch a bit of Channel 4 News, and, blah, 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 and then I'm upstairs, and I'm, blah, blah, blah. I'm in bed by 10. Yeah. Yeah. But not you. Well, some nights, some nights I do go home, watch something, eat something, go to bed. What a woman. Yeah. Uh, there would be a guest, but there isn't because of uh, various political matters. But you will be able to hear uh, on the podcast tomorrow and indeed on Times Radio tomorrow, uh, my conversation with the American author and academic Kat Bohannon, who's written this really extraordinary book called Eve about uh, the female anatomy and how it has influenced evolution uh, because of the things that the female body can do, uh, has adapted to do, has evolved to do, um, which whichever way you see it. Um, so much fascinating detail wow. in there. Yeah, I mean, all about just things like how nipples began, what, <laughs> what we did before nipples. Was there, was there life before nipples? I don't think there was much of life no. before nipples, but there was life of a sort. And I think um, female creatures could kind of seep... Uh, nutrition wow. through some kind of pad on their skin, but it wasn't it wasn't a nipple. So is this sort of biological anthropology? I, I think so. Of, yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, Fascinating. Yeah. My O level in biology, grade C, was doing a lot of heavy lifting during the course <laughs> of my conversation with Kat, but she was very interesting, and you can hear that tomorrow. But we haven't got anything today. It's just waffle. A nipple free zone. It's a nipple free zone today. Sadly. Uh, other guests later in the week include Ed Gamble and I'm so excited about the hairy bikers. The hairy bikers both uh, of them i think both of them yeah but i'm being told both of them a lot of hair i don't know whether we'll get the bikes uh but we'll, <laughs> we'll certainly get the blokes and their food is how would i describe it hearty mm -hmm. but usually extremely tasty i'm i'm hoping they'll bring you something with chorizo uh, they can bring me what the hell they like. I'm almost certain I'll enjoy it. Um, hi, Jane and Fee, says Simon in Hackney. Uh, we've been talking about grandmothers and about the things they can do and about the things they weren't able to do. But this is just about nicknames that grannies have attempted to give themselves. Or as Simon puts it, my grand's attempted rebrand. <laughs> Following on from your other correspondent telling you about her G Granny B, my paternal grandmother was called Jean and tried to rebrand herself by combining Gran and Jean to make Gringe, <laughs> so that all the family could call her by one name. It just didn't stick. And it wouldn't, I'm afraid. Gringe. Yeah, thank you, you for that, Simon. One. Also on a granny tip, yep. um, dear Jane and Fee, I've loved hearing the contributions from listeners about the lives of women a generation or two ago. My grandmother, born in 1900, was fortunate to be given a good education compared to many women of her age and class, and as an adult, had a successful career as a primary school teacher and headmistress. However, 
as she needed glasses as oh a teenager. God, yeah, I saw this. And her father, who thought them unladylike, would not allow them to wear not allow her to wear them in his presence. She used to sneak upstairs to put them on in her bedroom and gaze out of the window. I love this. I mean, women not allowed vision I because mean, it's unladylike that to be is, able to see properly. That truly is a world beyond sexism, isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, where a woman couldn't see properly because her eyeglasses in some way disfigured her. Was that yeah. the thinking? Her father thought them unladylike. God. I mean, she wasn't... I mean, presumably she didn't need to do any reading as a lady. Well, you wouldn't think no. so. No, you really no. wouldn't think so. Um, this is from Louise, who says, um, you both know the term the change. My grandmother would never have used any other word for it. She would also never have used the word pregnant. Expecting was the only acceptable term. I suppose I did know there was a time when you didn't routinely say the word pregnant. I mean, not even I'm that old enough to have not not found it acceptable. But I know there was a time when people just didn't say it. Um, my grandmother was not of a middle class background. She was the daughter of a builder with lots of older brothers working with their father. So no lack of money. But also being one of the youngest of 13 children, not many luxuries either. She was born in 1896. She remembered the national grief when Queen Victoria died. She collected a coronation mug for all of the kings. She loved the late queen and Princess Diana. She lost brothers in the Great War and a younger brother died as a baby. She spent the Second World War following my grandfather around England in the hope that he might get time off to visit her, but he never did. Her first baby was christened Betty, but only lived for a fortnight. She was adored by my grandfather. Eventually, late in life, she had my dad. Totally adored, but smothered with love. My father left to join the army as a boy soldier before he was 16. My father will soon be 91, which was his mother's age when she died. She celebrated her 50th wedding anniversary, but by her 80th birthday, all of her siblings, her first baby and her husband were all gone. I was only just an adult when she died and now I'm middle-aged. I see what a blessed life I've had and my parents as well. So lucky compared to her and what she went through. I feel as long as we remember her, she isn't really gone, uh, says Louise. And that's true, actually, isn't it? When, well, as long as somebody is in your thoughts, they haven't gone anywhere. I know it's not much comfort if you've recently lost somebody, but it, no. it is worth bearing in mind. And I think also bearing in mind, you know, those of us, even in the same countries that our grandparents grew up in, you know, do have lives that look so different just in terms of, yeah. you know, better childcare, you know, maternal care. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't seen any large-scale wars that we've lost, you know, huge numbers of members of our family in, mm. in, in the UK. Yeah. Obviously, globally, that's very different. Mm. But our lives do look very different from our grandmothers because of those, you know, very simple elements. Yeah, yeah very... I mean, things like the contraceptive pill, yeah. uh, access to abortion, all quite helpful, um, in, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, have you seen the one from Pauline about her one of our all-time feminist heroes, oh, Barbara yes. Bodycon. Oh, you got I love that this, yes. I love the sound of Barbara, who I'd never heard of. She lived mid-19th century and was the illegitimate cousin of Florence Nightingale. <laughs> I love that detail. Yeah, I mean, that's another cracking detail. And that meant she was never really accepted in polite society. Nevertheless, she was the instigator of the first petition for women's suffrage, a prime mover in the reform of the married women's property law, the founder of a progressive school for working-class girls and boys, and the co-founder of Girton College, Cambridge. Uh, incidentally, she was a true and loyal friend to George Eliot. 
when George, when Elliot was ostracised for living with George Lewis out of wedlock. Um, George Eliot was, of course, not a man. I mean, not a man. No, so they weren't gay. It was a lady George. Anyway, truly, insofar as we as women enjoy a far better life, it is on the shoulders of giants like Bodichon. I hope I've got that right, or Bodicon. Can't be Bodicon. I'd like that it should be called Bodicon. That would be especially because then she goes right. on to talk about. Um, Victorian women's clothing. Yeah. So I like the idea of Bodycon being her name. Um, I like that she says, um, Fee was talking about cumbersome Victorian women's clothing yeah. and Bodycon had a lifelong impatience with inconvenient modern dress, which is only suited to carpeted rooms <laughs> where it appears graceful and proper. In the streets it is disreputable, dirty and inconvenient. Um, I love that Barbara also abandoned corset, wore loose-fitting clothes, shortened skirts and blue tinted glasses, presumably for her iPad, so that the you know, so she could the blue light didn't affect her when she's going to sleep. Yeah, presumably that would be it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Northern Lights uh, is the subject of Mel's email. I've noticed a few mentions of Hull, the city of my birth, over recent weeks. None of which were particularly complimentary. I'm sorry about that. A very dear friend of mine went to university in Hull. She can't say anything negative about the place she absolutely loved it anyway none of which were particularly complimentary which brought to mind a comment from my friend linda after another friend expressed his surprise at my bravery or foolishness at swimming with sharks when you come from hull there's nothing to fear after that (laughs) this week there was a similar mention of blackpool as an undesirable destination which reminded me of a family member's answer to a quiz question about another name for the northern lights she quickly responded in all seriousness with Blackpool Illuminations. Um, Mel, (laughs) that's very good. And um, I wouldn't mock because that's the kind of thing I'd have said. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, uh, changing subject yes. quite dramatically, a bit of a swing left. Go on. Um, dear Fee and Jane, I'm writing to you from a house in the jungle on a small island off Panama. I have to say, You're lovely just showing listener, off correspondent. I, I know, but I also want to know which island this is. Because is, yeah. I have been to some islands off Panama. Is it Bocas del Toros, which are very nice? Say that again. Um, Bocas del Toros. Mm. They're really nice. You'd like them. Overrated. Yeah, no mini donuts. Really? Yeah, no. I'm um, definitely not going. <laughs> definitely not. Um, this listener 
uh, was triggered to write by talk of the upcoming interview with Claire Balding and her book Isle of Dogs. Yes. Um, at the beginning of the year, my partner and I signed up for a pet slash house sitting site looking for an adventure. He's semi-retired, but not one to sit around watching the walls. And I have a small online business, which I can do from anywhere. So we thought, let's do it. The first sit was a month in an olive grove in Tuscany, looking after 13 tiny black sheep. Then two weeks in Cornwall, falling in love with a perfect pointer dog. Onto beautiful Somerset for two weeks with a lovely golden Labrador, a shy cat, seven sheep and ten chickens. Then a short stint in Bristol with a young rescue retriever on the way to stunning Pembrokeshire and two weeks with a wonderful old border collie. Wow. It goes on. Two months on a Quite Greek island, a big Alsatian, four rescue cats, 11 chickens, Athens, two rescue cats, back to Cornwall, perfect pointer. Small tropical island, rescue mongrel, two cats, big rottweiler. Anyway, it's I. This sounds incredible. It what does. a way to spend your retirement. Um, she said the whole experience has been a real eye opener, and it's been a real surprise just how quickly all the dogs have been willing to befriend and trust us and follow us around. I'd only ever been a cat owner before, and have to confess to being a bit nervous of big dogs, especially of the rottweilers and Alsatian varieties. But my mind has been completely changed. I am now a confirmed dog lover. Um, oh, it's very nice. I mean, I sort of fancy retiring now and just travelling around looking after pointers and black sheep. It sounds great. It does sound, yeah. I mean, but d- does she explain why she's now in her current location? Oh, it's just that's that. this is where they are. I mean, this is where they're looking after... What are they looking after? A rescue mongrel, two cats, a big rottweiler. Yeah. Oh, that I see. They're mm. actually on a on an animal job at the moment. Yeah, they're they're on their animal job in, in Panama. I know. Honestly, the lives people lead. But it's also good to know that sometimes people make the wrong move. And this is from Sue. <laughs> is that comforting? Yeah, well, it is, it is to me. We're back on the subject of grandparents. Uh, Sue says it was the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company this week. And my grandfather, a man called Alex Oxley, was a commercial cartoonist pre the, the Second World War, mainly for Triumph motorbikes. He also drew cartoons for comics and worked on Animal Land, an animated cartoon, Animal... Land? Yeah, Animal Land. Yeah, an animated cartoon. As part of a group of cartoonists and animators at Moore Hall Studios, a.k.a. Gaumont British Animation. And Sue has enclosed a photo of her grandfather at work. He looks a very impressive figure. The family story is that he was invited to work on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in L.A. by David Hand, a fellow animator and a supervising director of the film. However, Grandad said no because he was sure it would not be a success. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of it. Uh, that is a sh- it. That's a shame, <laughs> Sue. <laughs> um, I um, To say I'm familiar with that film would be the understatement. Uh, my eldest child watched it on repeat every afternoon, I think, of her third year, and oh. I do mean every single afternoon. We sometimes, though, had to fast-forward through some of the really frightening bits. Oh. Um, <laughs> just... What is it about children of that particular age where they have to watch the same thing? I think again, again, again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. I was always very grateful it was Snow White and not that other episode of Postman Pat where... Um, <laughs> uh, was it who's Postman Pat? The Reverend Tim's cousin flight was delayed <laughs> and uh, god it went on and the number of times i've watched that um unbelievable oh, obviously i'm not watching it now but um you know, I, I should hope not no well, you do grow out of it eventually i occasionally treat myself last thing at <laughs> night <laughs> um dear jane and fee i thought i would email in response to sarah's dilemma in trying to find a lovely man to date oh, via I saw a dating this. app yeah glad you done think this. it's really interesting yeah. the listener says why not consider dating a woman instead 
It sounds like you've met a lot of lovely, like-minded people through all of the interesting courses you've done. Perhaps one of them might be interested in a date. Listener says, I say this as a 42-year-old about to be divorced, previously heterosexual mother of two. I came to the conclusion last year that I was only likely to find the level of emotional intelligence I was after in a woman. I was completely terrified, both of online dating and of changing my sexuality, and I wasn't sure whether going on a date would just feel like meeting up with a friend. On the third date, with the same person, I felt a spark and I haven't looked back. It was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made, and I've been knocked sideways with all of these feelings. Feeling truly lucky. I think this is absolutely fascinating. I I think... God, I mean, I've got friends who you know, married to women who Mm. that's exactly the reason that they stayed is that they felt that the emotional intelligence was the thing that they really felt was different in a, in a same sex relationship with a woman. Yeah. I think I wonder, are we saying, is our correspondent saying that she didn't get the same level of emotional intelligence from male partners or or one in particular? On the other hand, uh, I'm really, I don't know. Is it, is there a, well, I don't know, because I haven't tried it. I'd never rule it out, and I don't think you should. No. And I'm very grateful to our correspondent for saying that it's worked out for her. I think we need to throw this one open. So I think in 20 years' time, mm. we won't be having this discussion. Because it won't be we, a Because discussion. it won't be a thing. Because yeah. young people now date people of the same sex, opposite sex, mm. you know, non-binary. I think by the time they are choosing partners... They've, you know, they've dated everyone, which yeah. I think is incredibly healthy. They don't have this attachment where they have to identify as one thing. And I think that's just so incredibly healthy. They just, they date people, not a gender. And I have heard, and if you can pick me up on this and I could be completely wrong, that sometimes women, when they're of reproductive age, do find themselves attracted to men because for whatever reason... The biological imperative. It's about the biological mm. imperative comes into play. And then when that's over, they suddenly think, oh, actually... Mm. Um, oh, she's really nice. Yeah. Or I could imagine a lifetime of talking to this person. Yeah. And can I just be really honest? Sometimes uh, relationships between men and women, you do, I mean, you see them everywhere. The couples who've run out of things to yeah. say. Now, I'm not saying that two women will never run out of things to say. What I might suggest is that it's less likely. I think you're probably right. If you like each other, obviously, if you mm. don't, then yeah, there's, no, don't, gonna be there's a no point trying. But yeah, let's take, let's make that our theme of the week. I would love to hear about that. Have you been in the same place as E, our correspondent, mm. Jane and Fee at Times.Radio? I definitely think if I was a teenager now, I'd be very much more fluid than I have been in my life. I think oh, I just think I would I mean, be. <laughs> I mean, you said you my did, theme of the week. You said you didn't have jet lag. <laughs> But maybe I think it might be coming on. Jane said earlier that she didn't suffer from jet lag because obviously she got the what what's called the red, the red eye. eye. I mean, I more or less got the red eye, although in my case it was a train from Macclesfield at three o'clock yesterday afternoon. <laughs> um, but you got the aviation version of the red eye and you claim that jet lag only exists if you believe in it. You don't believe in it, so you haven't got it. I said, do you believe in PMS? You said no. Therefore, you also claimed that you'd never had it. And I don't believe that either. I think my, probably my family would argue with that one, yes. certainly with the PMS. But I do think there's an element of mind over matter oh, when it comes God when it comes my, to jet are you lag. In the army? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I have also been accused of perhaps having Bloody been in the military in a previous life. So strict. <laughs> Um, Only with myself. I, Anyone else can do whatever they want. I had PMS. Obviously, I don't have it anymore. But I should say that I do remember that when I knew my period was due, I would start 
it would I would know and therefore my behavior would change accordingly I'm convinced of it so I find myself in my case and everybody's different head first in a tub of taramasalata <laughs> can't I've not really enjoyed it since um but there was something about but if I forgot that my period was due then maybe there's something in what you say because I don't remember getting PMS then in fact I don't think I did mm. get it isn't that odd? Mm. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't feel like sometimes slightly more sensitive, or whatever. But I also just think I never matter. Um, yeah, I, I do think I am with myself. One of those people who's just like, get up, get it done. Mm. I don't mind what, what everyone else wants to do, but um, yeah, it has been observed that perhaps I was in a former life some sort of squadron leader. Yeah, I think you must have been a sergeant major. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd like to say I saw you in the officer sort of class, but I, I think um, I think more sergeant major. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's yeah. just my view. Okay, um, we've probably rambled on long enough. There's plenty of material for the rest of the week. We've given you some ideas. Boy Swallows Universe is our book club recommendation. Are you doing that one, Jane? I'm not. I, I should probably catch up, shouldn't I? Well, you can Going if in. you want. I mean, I've so... got to read a book, book about Britney Spears tonight, though. So, oh, Are you a speedy reader? Yeah. Okay. Um, is it Britney's own book? Yeah. Okay. Should it's quite... got big letters and not many pages. <laughs> Actually, I'd be quite genuinely interested to hear what you say about okay. that. Okay, we'll right. chat about yeah, that. Um, I'm on page 19 of Boy Swallows Universe. Uh, I am, no, I, Eve, I am trying. I am trying with it. I You I'm... made great progress since the podcast at the end of last week. I think you'd read three pages, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I tried last night. I was very tired after time travelling back to Macclesfield. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll see what I can do tonight. Uh, but there's, you know, I'm also watching Bodies on Netflix. If anybody else is watching that, let me know what you think about it. It's set across four timelines. It's all very peculiar. And apparently, according to the Times Review, it doesn't really reach a conclusion. Like all good, <laughs> promising Netflix series, it sort of meanders. It sort of meanders to something approaching a sort of climax. But anyway, a lot of life's like that, isn't it? Uh, right, uh, stick with us. Uh, Fia's back next week, but Jane is a more than adequate substitute uh and um but fee i'm missing you she won't be listening are you missing her fee yeah who yeah exactly <laughs> the spirit um we'll see you tomorrow you did it Elite listener status for you for getting through another half hour or so of our whimsical ramblings, otherwise known as the hugely successful podcast Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. We miss the modesty class. Our Times Radio producer is Rosie Cutler, the podcast executive producer. It's a man, it's Henry Tribe. Yeah, he's an executive. Now, if you want even more, and let's face it, who wouldn't, then stick Times Radio on at three o'clock Monday until Thursday every week, and you can hear our take on the big news stories of the day, as well as a genuine interesting mix of brilliant and entertaining guests on all sorts of subjects. Thank you for bearing with us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com